This is the Mobile Home Park Lawyer Podcast with Fur Neiman. If you're looking to generate wealth and passive income in the lucrative world of mobile home parks, you're in the right place. You'll discover solutions to the common legal and operational pitfalls and how to optimize parks to maximize income. Your host is in the trenches. He's a real estate attorney, financial analyst, and mobile home park investor and operator. Now, let's turn it over to Ferd Neiman. Welcome back, Mobile Home Park Nation. Ferd Neiman here again with another episode of the Mobile Home Park Lawyer Podcast. Today's episode, I'm going to talk to you about getting your retailer's license. Getting a retailer's license, uh, I'm going to put it up there with dealing with government agencies to get permits, dealing with um, some banks to get through loan approval process, and pretty much anything involving the DMV. It's it's one of the little pleasures in life. I'm, I'm kidding. It's, it's a huge pain in the butt. Um, it's frustrating, but it's important, right? Why do you need a retailer's license? Well, Depending on the state, um, and some states will call it a dealer license, but it's it's basically depending on the state, you must have it in order to legally sell mobile homes. Now, some states are pretty low on regulation, or they may not even require it if you're only selling used mobile homes. Um, but pretty much every state requires it. I'm a, at least I'm unaware of any state that doesn't require it for the sale of new mobile homes. And one of the primary reasons is when you sell new goods, in most states there's a sales tax. Well, the sales tax, the government wants to be paid, so they want to make sure you're collecting it. You're going to need things like a sales tax ID number from the Department of Revenue. You're going to also need to be regulated. Um, they want to make sure you're not taking advantage of customers. They want to make sure you're a proper entity, et cetera, et cetera. Um, so getting the dealer license is a necessary evil um, a lot of times if you're going to sell mobile homes. Uh, in particular, if you want to use somebody like 21st Mortgage to finance your end buyers, they're going to require you a detail, dealer's license. Uh, if you're going to buy new homes direct from manufacturer, I say they're going to require a dealer's license, but and to be honest, not all of them have asked me for a copy. Um, I've, when I've said, hey, look, I've, I'm a dealer, they say, okay, let me sign you up. Uh, some of them, and most of them, frankly, will require a copy of it. I think they're all supposed to. They're just um, not always that diligent. So anyway, um, those are some of the key reasons why you need a, a dealer's license. So I'm just going to go through real quickly um what the process looks like and what you need and this has been going on we've recently bought uh, mobile home parks in several states so i've uh, been having members of my team work on this but it becomes a little bit of a pain so it's not something that you can is easily just hand off to your receptionist or your secretary it's it's got to be somebody uh, who's got a little more intimacy with the business and understands kind of how things work or at least is, is capable and diligent um I'm looking at, we're going through Nebraska right now. Um, surprisingly, for being a largely red state, red meaning you know more Republican, typically less government interference or less uh, red tape, surprisingly, Nebraska's got quite a few requirements, and it's a little bit of a pain. Um, done a handful of other states, and it's not as big of a deal, um, not as hard. You know, Missouri, for example, is not as challenging. Missouri... Uh, though they they do want you to have at least you if the same if it's the same entity they at least want you to have a, a license or uh, permission for second and third and fourth locations so you because you, your dealer lot is if you got to think about this like a used car lot that's that's what a lot of these states classify this as which which frankly 
is a problem because we're not the same as used cars. You know, for example, I don't have a, a service facility, right? And that's a requirement they have. You know, where do I handle repairs and service? Like, we're not repairing mobile homes here in, in the sense of repairing cars. But they, they lump us in, and unfortunately, you know, car dealerships, especially used car dealerships, have a, a bad reputation. And some of that's probably valid, but as a result, there's going to be a, a pretty stiff amount of regulation because, and and just oversight because they frankly they lump us in with those guys, and it's it's a huge pain. Now in some states, you're going to be regulated by an agency like Department of Motor Vehicles. Some states, it's going to be a combination or at least partially with the Department of Revenue. Missouri's interesting that you know you title homes with the Department of Motor Vehicles. You get your sales tax ID from the Department of Revenue, but you're regulated uh, under the Missouri Public Service Commission, which you know is typically for utilities, you know, gas companies, electric companies, uh, railroads, and all of a sudden mobile home park manufactured housing dealers. So anyway, the the process usually includes you know filling out an application they want to know you know they got a legitimate entity whether it's your personal name or an entity they want to know the name of the dealership they want to know that you have the proper location and zoning so this can sometimes be a problem so i have a park in illinois why i sold this park but i was i was going to get my uh, retailer's license in illinois another state this was more challenging to do this with they they required you know eight hours of training um they required you know watching all these videos they required showing up in person you gotta get fingerprinted um it's kind of a big deal um, we ended up doing it for another property but the first property we tried to do it for the zoning was the hiccup my prop my mobile home park was zoned residential you know it was not zoned for mobile home park it was grandfathered in and as a result um, I was still able to operate my mobile home park, and I, had, I received a successful zoning letter from the municipality. But the problem was that that residential zoning did not allow for commercial sales. Well, the state required that I have the uh, a written letter from the city allowing for commercial sale of vehicles. Well, clearly I couldn't get that in a residential zoning. So, this, this, so the, the state says, oh, just, just change your zoning. Like, well, it's not really that simple, guys. Um, getting rezoned to commercial in a residential neighborhood is going to be pretty challenging. So uh, the practical solution that the, the state wanted was, hey, just go rent some space in town on Main Street, and you can put your mobile homes there. Well, that doesn't work as well because places like 21st Mortgage want your retail sales lot to be your mobile home park. They want that to be you know where you're at. So there's inconsistencies between oftentimes between what the the end banks want, what the manufacturers want, what the city wants, and what the state wants. Which again goes back to my preamble of why this is one of the little joys in life is having to deal with this thing. But anyway, that's something the state usually requires is a copy of a zoning permit or copy of a letter from the city authorizing auto slash trailer sales. Um, some states like Nebraska, whose application I'm going through right now and looking at, they they require a photograph of the sign or business. Nebraska's weird. They do not let you pay the fee until after they've basically inspected you and approved you. So we had to order a sign, and the sign has to have the dealer name, which is different in some other states where I just put the name of the park. You know, the, the name of this park is Grand Lake. Well, the LLC is not the same. The dealer's license is not the same. So... 
we got to get a second sign. We've got to get the big sign for marketing, but we've got to have another sign that has the LLC name and the address and the phone number and the business hours posted. And, you know, kind of like a real dealership where people are going to show up. So those are some of the things you need. Uh, signage, you know, hours, phone number. Um, if you don't own the ground, you got to have a, a lease agreement. They want you to have a service facility or agreement that where you're going to service it. Good luck convincing the bureaucrat that that's not applicable. Uh, it just takes time. Um, you need insurance, typically. Um, you should have it anyway, but sometimes a dealer license requires additional insurance. The kind of insurance, you know, in addition to your typical casualty insurance or liability, sometimes you need a, a surety or some sort of performance bond or um, some sort of bonding. You know, it's it's a big number, like 50000 but it doesn't cost that much to get this insurance. Uh, sometimes it's a pain to get an insurance carrier that will want to use this. I mean, most of your national co- insurance companies are going to have uh, the ability to write paper, write insurance for other providers. So, like, I've got workers' comp through travelers. I don't even know anybody at travelers, but my agent, doesn't, his company doesn't sell it, so they, they go through travelers. You, know, you can get you can get all kinds of insurance, and I should probably have a whole episode on insurance. Um, but um, typically, for things like this, you're gonna need a surety bond. They're gonna want to see workers' comp. They're gonna see liability. Uh, that's just kind of one of the requirements. Uh, if you have a franchise agreement or you have some sort of other uh, resale agreement with a certain manufacturer, they're gonna often want to see that. Um, Again, I mentioned earlier that you're going to have to get a sales tax ID number from the state. You're probably going to have to get a certificate of good standing from the state, um, to, which is interesting. you got to ask one department of the government to verify that you're a real entity so that the other department of government can verify it. Um, it's not it's not that expensive. You know, you can usually get those for 10 bucks or $25. It's just... It's just another step, right? Another hassle. Um, and the key to these getting these licenses is just being diligent and detailed on your application, because some of them you have to record, you have to pay, usually you have to file in paper. It's it's crazy. It's like the other day I had to do something with the IRS. You have to fax it to them. I mean, ugh, the guy asked me where he could send me a fax, and I, I told him 1990. And it's just unbelievable sometimes going through these processes, but. What stinks on this is if you goof, and I had one, we just did one in another state, and we had it in Illinois for another LLC, and whoever sent it in, I don't know who it was on my team, I forgot, they they didn't do it right. So what do you know? We missed something. They send it back. Sometimes they, they send it back, and they're really helpful, and they say, you forgot to sign the bottom page. You forgot to include a copy of your business license with the local municipality. Sometimes they just send it back and say, not accepted, incomplete, and you're like, Ugh, or not accepted, incorrect, and then you got to go back with a fine tooth comb, and then sometimes you can't even figure it out. You're like, what did I miss? Uh, but but such is life, right? So that's part of the process as well. Is just a, a little back and forth. I can tell you, it's much better to not have to go back and forth. It's much better to get it right the first time. So really, review the. Uh, the information on the application on the you know the government website um, ultimately getting a deal- dealer's license is important um, and you're going to want to display it most places you want to display it in your office or 
uh, on the location of the city manager, the park manager's uh, house or window to prove you have the ability. There's some level of gravitas with clients. Look, I'm a dealer. It's definitely the way to go if you're going to be selling homes in you know more than one or two or three, especially if you're selling new homes. There, there are some exceptions. I mean, I'll be honest. When I first my first park, I didn't even think about a dealer's license, but I was selling used homes. Um, I don't even know if you needed a license for used homes at that time. Some states, I've since looked at it, they you know have some ex- exceptions. If you only sell one a year or three a year, but sometimes it's if you're in, if you own the home in your LLC or should be in your personal name and not an LLC, which frankly is crazy. But they give you exceptions. It's like, hey, if if you do this in a dumb manner we're going to make your life easier which I, I, I kind of get if it's like the individual like you're allowed there's generally ex- exceptions for if you live in the home or if you're you know uh, you're, it's your only home of the year like clearly you're not a big time dealer you're just like selling your pro- your own property so that's a, that's okay um, uh, yeah and another factor that I'm just thinking of off the cuff here that is important for dealer's license uh, you know well, this is kind of related, but it's it's a little indirect. It is, you know, the, just the sale of mobile homes in general uh, under Dodd-Frank and SAFE Act, there's a lot of restrictions on that, um, many of which have not, frankly, been enforced, but, uh, you know, when you're seller financing. So a dealer license can help um, help in general for selling homes. If you sell them through seller financing, there's going to be additional hurdles. I've got separate podcast episodes on well, lease to own, rent credit, contract for deed. Uh, so go back 30 episodes or something, and you, you can listen to those if you've skipped them. But overall, getting a dealer's license, very important. Uh, not a five-minute process. Um, pretty inexpensive fees, typically. I mean, sometimes it's free. Typically, it's 50 bucks, 100 bucks. Um, you typically have to renew it. Sometimes you have to do training or go through some sort of class. Um, this is distinct from a installation or manufacturer install license. Uh, that's a whole other set of processes. Um, I should cover that, I guess, on a future episode. But um, anyway, that's about all I got for dealer license, retailer license. Uh, until next time, uh, have fun. God bless. You've been listening to the Mobile Home Park Lawyer Podcast with Ferd Neiman. Ready to learn more? Go to www.themobilehomelawyer.com for free resources and materials to help you succeed. If you love the podcast, go to Apple Podcasts, give us your review, and subscribe today. Thank you for listening. Neither the Supreme Court of Missouri nor the Missouri Bar reviews nor approves certifying organizations or specialist designations. The choice of a lawyer is an important decision and should not be based solely upon advertisements.